welcome to the Annie Gamers podcast. This is episode number 55, recorded on Thursday, February 4th, 2016. At the same time as a Democratic debate, David, at the same time, I'm missing it. My name is Evan Minto. I am the editor-in-chief of AnnieGamers.com, and David Estrella is, as usual, my co-host, sitting over there on the other side of the country. And I am decidedly less sick than Evan. Less sick and less uh, perturbed by missing uh, a political debate. So this this may either be the longest podcast we record or the shortest part, depending on how uh, long you can stand to do this. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm also coming right off of, uh, I was telling David about this before, I was uh, on uh, local access TV Again. In, in Austin. I was never, this is my first time, unless I did it as a kid or something. But uh, in, in Austin, Texas, we phoned in. It was me and Miles from Crunchyroll talking about anime and how it's evolved since the 80s with uh, some guys on fanboy TV in Texas. Anyway, that was that was interesting. I did that all while sick. Tried to convince people that anime is not... It basically didn't... Uh, their thesis was it turned to... It, it started off really cool with like Akira and... Ghost in the Shell and Dragon Ball and Blue Seed and then it got really bad and now it's good again and Miles and I were like well <laughs> yeah I mean it makes sense how that perception would come across to people <laughs> so this is this is your second opportunity to convince people that anime is not bad although I don't know if we're gonna manage to do that today I'm generally of the opposite opinion but I actually do think that there's some there's something to that that like Hey, you know, it's always been just about as bad as it is now or as good or however you want to spin it. There's obviously some fluctuation in terms of what is the, you know, the fad at any given time. But a lot of I think what's what's changed in people in the way like Americans look at it is like access and perception. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, the, the amount of access that we have now has just completely changed everything. So I don't think we can make a sort of fair judgment and say things were so much worse then. Like the only way yeah. I can really say for for real that things were worse than or worse, yeah, basically just worse than is that you couldn't really get that much back then. Right. Yeah. The the point that we kind of made was that things like Attack on Titan don't show that anime is like finally getting cool again. It just shows that anime is uh, it it has enough tentpole things to convince people who stopped paying attention that it's been cool all along. Or at least whatever, you know, whether you actually think it's cool. But you know what I mean? Like the sort of stuff that people who got into it in the 80s, you know, are looking for. It's like, I think to some degree it's reduced, but it hasn't been reduced by the amount that they maybe think it has. It's oh, just no. that they there's less exposure to it because there's so much other stuff drowning it out. Anyway, we're uh, we're going to talk about a couple different things. I mean, I'll, I'll bring up my thing. <laughs> the thing I keep every time, every single podcast, still playing Fallout New Vegas. Oh yeah, how's that? Fun going? times. Actually, I have something interesting to say about it because I, I was getting bored as I discussed, and then you know this is the Bethesda games are just a, it is just how it happens. Again, not this game wasn't like written and designed by them, but you just you're, you're like, well, this is getting boring. Ah, you know, no, never mind. I came across some other busy work that I can do that will keep me occupied. <laughs> but uh, I've started running into some interesting stuff. I kind of found like the middle road between being the being a lackey for the super lame government dudes and uh, working for the 
horrible slaver rapist people, mm. which is sort of what it gave you. It's like, hey, either be a dork or be uh, a monster. <laughs> it's like, this isn't a fun true, choice to make. The true to video games is so that you get the uh, A or B, where A is good, B is very, very bad. Right. But they, you know, they also have this sort of like weird light in the middle at the end of Mass Effect 3. Mm. They've got the sort of like AI who runs all of New Vegas, who you can uh, you can work with him and he's sort of trying to screw over everybody. And I was like, that's kinda, my kind of character. Kind of arguably the correct route because it's the best written one, likely. Right. Because <laughs> it actually has nuance. It isn't just like yeah. this super lame black yeah, or white thing. Are so stupid and predictable in that way, which is just just choose the middle route. Don't go on either side because it's uh, probably going to fall apart at the end. Yeah, it, it it's insane to me that anybody plays as the Caesar's Legion in that game, who are the like they're like the marauding bands of raiders and stuff. Because uh, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm in in Fable, I'm evil, but it's like fantasy evil. I kill people. I've got devil horns, right? Mm. I use like black magic or something. But I mean, in in this one, they're like they're slavers and rapists, and it's like not it's not just like some of them it's literally part of their government and that's like how do you decide that you're like yeah my character is not going to be like a rogue but no my character is going to be ever <laughs> all the worst things in the world all combined into one <laughs> so yeah um i, I kind of picked that middle path and there's also like the faction system actually provides some interesting stuff eventually it, it started off a little bit kind of one-dimensional just like you're on they don't like you they're gonna kill you but uh a good example is I'm I like started taking jobs from this group called the Crimson Caravan and they give you they give you these missions and they kind of like work with the the NCR who are this the dorky government people who are like they're trying to make the US again basically in the wasteland and uh I, I was working with them and I've like sort of played my character as like I'll do anything for money so I'll like I'll work for them I'll take a couple jobs and I got a companion who's like this cool like a trader who had her caravan blown up by a bunch of raiders or something. And so she's like out of the business and she's kind of like no nonsense kind of character. I think she's cool. Right. And she's got a like loyalty quest where you track down who killed the people from her caravan. And it turns out it was the, the crimson caravan company, the people I've been taking jobs from. And there's also this like store run by this bunch of like tough guys who want me to bring her to them presumably so they can kill her right and it turns out that like they are also in on killing her caravan and that store is like a major supplier that you use to buy energy weapons from so they're like a major kind of part of the game right they're one of the center points of one of the towns and the end of that mission ends up being like she wants you to kill the head of the crimson caravan and everybody at the late the energy weapon store so you gotta think like okay so what kind of position in my left after i finish right. this mission but that's like a that's kind of interesting that it forces you to do that right so you can convince her to not kill them but that's lame because you've got this cool badass lady who wants to take revenge on people and i'm like i'm playing my character as being a, like a little bit roguish and you know not not a super goody two-shoes character so yeah i went and killed them and now i have now i can steal all of their energy weapons but like that store is gone right like that's a finite stash of weapons <laughs> And yeah, the Crimson Caravan is like, I don't know if they're my enemy, but 
the person who was giving me missions is also dead. I also made sure to do those missions first, though. So I got oh, of she, course, yeah, of course, she, she paid me, and then I then I shot her in the head. But yeah, that that's kind of interesting. I, I do like that that it forces you to make these decisions that affect. You know, they they have gameplay consequences, which I think is very very important. That me killing the head of the Crimson Caravan isn't just like I feel bad about it, but it's a source of income has now dried up. Right, a source of weapons is gone. Because I killed the people in this store. That probably gives you more complicated than feelings than uh, like what you actually think right. about these characters. Well, yeah, and that that's what I think games ought to be doing. And and there have been games that do that. That's why I think like I've made the joke that in Papers, Please, I care more about my faceless, unvoiced, like with no dialogue, this character who's simply referred to as wife because she's a she's a statistic that I'm trying to optimize. I'm trying to keep her alive by making sure I have enough money for her, you know, her food and her medicine and stuff. And it's like I actually cared more about that. I was more torn up in that game when she died than I would be for a lot of games that have like fully 3D animated characters fully who are just voice. there to spout dialogue, right? Because <laughs> it kind of reinforces it. Well, you probably got you got it to an interesting part of uh, Fallout, and mm-hmm. I got to. The best part of Final Fantasy VI, actually, I arrived at the midpoint where there's this dungeon called the Floating Continent, and now this is the midpoint. It's also the turning point for the game, and not only that, like on observation, going through that for the second time, that's actually probably the turning point for Final Fantasy as a series, which oh is boy. really strange because it occurs mid-game. I kind of I, makes me it made me reflect back on the first half of the game which is kind of interesting but it's still it's still you on this big green world map and there are all these little like towns and hamlets and it's like really like traditional final fantasy you know a lot of these towns Mm -hmm. are kind of useless actually where it's just you go in and you buy some items and that's basically the town so it's Mm -hmm. really kind of standard final fantasy just jrpg formula until you arrive to the floating continent and the floating continent uh you can't actually get off this it's like a dungeon that you're stuck on Mm -hmm. and for the dungeon like you're going at a pretty good pace you know you've leveled up your guys you're going you're doing fairly well but a little bit before that they introduced the magic system into this which is kind of i think it's i think it's new for the final fantasy series at this point where they have this thing called the uh, the Esper magic system, in which one of your characters holds this uh, magic rock, and they can learn some skills by going into battle with it. And the neat part is that now none of your characters are tied to a job class. They can learn all of the magic skills. So it's like, oh, great, I can make everybody a healer and a black mage and get all of these cool spells that'll affect the combat. But then when you get to the floating continent, you... Before before you arrive, you've had this mindset like, oh, you know, like there, you know, I'll balance it out. You know, like one character will be the designated healer, and this character will do this other stuff because there's a certain rate at which you learn magic, which goes painfully slow before you reach the floating continent. When you finally get mm. to the floating continent, all the balance is just thrown out, just arbitrarily. Like all the enemies, first of all, all these enemies are like the ridiculous. Like you're f- like facing pretty much all of the. Um, the big fearsome enemies that like you'd never want to run into it's not like just like boring mob characters that you can you know like dispatch pretty quickly it's like all like these really just these guys that can wipe 
wipe you out in like 10 seconds if you're not paying attention because they're doing mm-hmm. the uh they're doing the uh active what is it like the active time battle system or whatever it's called so like if you like leave the controller time? alone yeah it's basically real time okay. so like they'll just keep on attacking you dang um but the neat part is that even though the game is really unbalanced at this point, you can gain so much experience so quickly. So you kill these guys and then you just see your levels just shoot up and you learn all of the skills in like a few battles. But how are you able to beat them if they're that hard? Like, is there well, the some thing other is, though, twist the, that gives you that ability? The thing is, though, like, you, most of the times you're not hitting enemies hard enough where, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, like, you know, spamming, like, your strongest attacks because you're trying to you know like conserve your your magic points but then when you get to this point and you keep on dying you you kind of got to change you know like how you play this game where you gotta like come at them fast and hard and when you do you finally start getting all of the really powerful skills that you thought were going to take forever to get oh okay because of the magic system and then so like you're swapping out all the rocks and everything and so now everybody's got all the skills by the time you're like comfortable to start exploring beyond the safe point of the floating continent mm-hmm. like for i spent pretty much the weekend just like on this one corner of the map because i couldn't really advance far enough without yeah. having to run back to the safe point and heal up i did i remember doing that because i haven't played a lot of jrpgs but i remember doing that a lot in earthbound which i found actually frustrating that's probably why i will yeah. not because i didn't grow up on jrpgs yeah. so like as an adult having to do that i'm like ah i just want to move on in this game why do i have to <laughs> just sit here and keep like grinding and going back and healing between every battle yeah see like you feel that way but then i feel like the opposite way where i'm like finally like this is a challenge because the rest of the <laughs> game you're like cruising along right that's what i want I'm yeah a baby. This, this, this like actually has me like paying attention like if i if i you know if i lose if i lose attention on the battle then i'm like i'm dead because the enemies are just going to, you know, they're just going to, like, keep on attacking me. But it's funny that you mentioned Earthbound, because there was a there was an interview with um, uh, Shigesato Itoi, mm-hmm. who based one of his dungeons on this idea that, as a player, a lot of people found it really... People love to see the numbers climb, was his idea. So he made one dungeon before the end of the game, like, specifically that dungeon. He made it really hard, but also possible in a way where you can level up like crazy if you just mm-hmm. know how to do the how to do the bo- the battles with these enemies that's in so earthbound think, which which dungeon uh, actually is that's that? in mother oh that's a, the first what the first what mother dungeon game. is that in mother because i did that's play actually mother. that's uh that's um mount itoi i think oh yeah i remember that being really hard <laughs> yeah so you actually designed that like to just like get players like really stressed out and excited when you know, they see like they like beat a really powerful uh, enemy and then they just see their levels climb up. Granted, I played that with the uh, like the easy ring or whatever, like the mod that somebody added to make that game yeah. playable. Yeah. Yeah. So he was referring to the uh, to the old version. The original have, version. Yeah. yeah he yeah. didn't have that. <laughs> but yeah, like that was that's neat. Like as a gameplay kind of thing where like introduces this new side to Final Fantasy because all the Final Fantasies after that. Some of them do adopt the job classes again, but for the most part, everybody can do anything mm-hmm. is the is the idea. Like you're not constricted to like, here's your healer, here's your designated offensive magic. Does that make it a little more I that sounds like that would make it a little more boring, right? Because part of the point of having the classes is to have this balance of kind of picking, you know, and, and moving them along well, different paths. 
right well, I would imagine. some of the characters well some of the characters have these special skills that'll make them a lot better suited for certain things like one character can absorb any magic attack for one turn so you're going to want to hit that. So you might not want to make them the designated healer. But then you've got mm. somebody who's a thief who becomes really useless after uh, after the first half of the game because he can't really hit anything really strongly. So you make him the uh, you make him like the healer or the magic or or whatever because he you know you can just everybody's got a lot of MP at this point. So you mm-hmm. can you know just like use him for all the healing. And of course, so like, some characters basically are like it it opens up the options a little bit more. Because you get to kind of choose how you balance them rather than the classes predetermining that. Yeah, and a lot of the battles, like, you'll run into one enemy who will just completely mess you up because he's got some sort of ability that'll, like, insta-kill the character that you like to use to attack the enemies because they can do, like, the two-handed physical attack that'll, like, you know, wipe anybody out. Mm -hmm. So, you know... At that point, like, if they kill that guy, then you don't have a healer. So then you kind of got to, like, snap out of, like, you know, the whole rhythm that you've got going. Because a lot of this just becomes, like, uh, like muscle memory where you're just, you know, like, you know, okay, attack, 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 whatever, mm-hmm. I'm done. But then, you know, like, the enemy attacks first. So then you're like, oh, crap, uh, who has the best healing skill in my party right now? So it gives you a lot more to think about, actually. Because, you know, everybody can learn all the magic, but maybe not everybody has it. So you, it's kind of, you know, you're thinking everybody can do magic, everybody can do skills. I've got a certain way I want to play the game, but maybe it doesn't work out. So it's, I think the most interesting part is when your strategies aren't working anymore because there's something, some wrench was thrown your way. Right. And like Final Fantasy at this point becomes a lot like faster. It's almost like kind of almost action RPG-ish, where you're just kind of, like, mashing the button along and just trying to progress through. But then there are, like, certain parts of this where it's, like, really quick thinking for a few seconds and then mash, 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 mash. You know, it's like, it's it's a it's an RPG, so you're kind of limited with the amount of action right, that right. you're getting. But at least I like that there's, like, some sort of balance between, you know, like, the mental, uh, like, the whole, like, the thoughts involved in your strategy and then, like, you actually, like, just, like, you mashing the button. Yeah, that reminds me a bit of like the world ends with you, which I liked because it had this like frantic pace, but also you are strategizing and sort of like you get a moment to breathe and you kind of think about your next move and then you go back into the frantic stuff. And generally, it's just kind of satisfying when you just like can clobber enemies like on end, especially with like the world ends with you where you just like swipe, swipe, swipe and you do all like these ridiculous attacks like that was really appealing. Like I think if anything, I can at least... um, acknowledge that uh, square has some sort of grasp with just the number mechanics and like just my responses to seeing these numbers right it's, it's really weird but like i'm not really doing too much interesting with like you know like actually manipulating anything but then i just i see those numbers spin yep and they're coming at like a certain rate where i just like i'm feeding off the energy yeah that's, I mean, that's the manipulation of video games, right? It's like manipulating your, your like lizard brain's desire yeah, to see those yeah. numbers move. Yeah, you know, and it's like, it's... Why do we play Animal Crossing, right? <laughs> Just, it's definitely a less, a lot less nefarious than uh, a lot of the manipulation that's arisen recently. Yeah, the, cookie clicker like, and games. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, of like classes and JRPGs, I've been playing more of Fire Emblem Awakening, which I uh, still never finished. I've been sort of 
I mean, in that in that game, I'm grinding more just because I'm like, I want to see my characters grow more so than because I have to at this point because they're pretty strong and I can pretty much handle whatever's going to happen. But I just want them. I want to like level them up and see them in different classes with different skills and things. Right. And there's a bunch of characters I want to get back to their original classes. Like Olivia is still a sword master and I want to get her like the sword fair skill and then bring her back to being a dancer so that she's like a super strong sword fighter who also can do the dance move to like give people an extra turn. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough about Fire Emblem Awakening because I just sent David a link. Mm-hmm. That is a new story about Fire Emblem Fates. <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking before when you said, hey, let's record today. I was thinking like, is he going to ask me about Fire Emblem? Because it seems like I've got a very strong premonition that he's going to ask me about Fire Emblem. And now we're going to talk about the petting, the, the skinship <laughs> mechanic, which I actually I had heard about it briefly, but I forgot about it until this new story came out. So in the Japanese version of Fire Emblem Fates, you can pet or rub your teammates' faces using the touchscreen. I imagine somewhat similar to the Super Mario 64 <laughs> rubbing his face animation. <laughs> Press the start to play. That's right. Uh, except considerably more um, sexual is what I would imagine. I see there's a lot of anime blushing going on here. And there's a lot of a lot of very suggestive language. If you don't mind, maybe we could spend more time together. Is that selfish? <laughs> so this is the Fire Emblem game where you can finally you can finally bang them, is what it sounds like. Or at least do something that seems well, like, like banging. Like rub their face into a... What's banging, David? <laughs> but just another kind of rubbing. So it's it's a... Uh, it's so weird. How do you it's feel so about it? It's so weird. How do you like, who feel? decided this was a good idea? What's so weird about it? Well, if it it's like, it would, I actually would not be outraged at all if they straight up just went for a sort of like tongue in cheek, like, well, they're going to have sex now. Uh, we're just going to cut away, right? Like, uh, it's the sex, <laughs> Fates it's of the Black. sex mechanic. <laughs> Ooh, right? Like, I would have been like, cool. All right. I mean, we knew they were going to have kids together. So like, you know, to get from A to B, that uh, from get to A to C, you'd have to go through B, right? But but instead of that, they've got like a bizarre thing that's like suggestive, but it's not like that's not a thing. What is the what is the rubbing like? What's the equivalent of that, right? Like it doesn't exist. I mean, I guess it can exist, but like, what are you just rubbing their face? It's taking one part of the foreplay. And just exaggerating you're just gently that. Gently <laughs> caressing the person to show your affection for them, right? It's weird. It's like we took foreplay and we grabbed like one tenth of it and decided that that's how we were going to represent sex. Anyway, it's it's not in the oh. U.S. version because Americans would predictably not be able American? to handle this. <laughs> no, they would. They would. They, they seriously would. actually. <laughs> A lot of the discourse online seems to prove that, for real, Americans can't actually handle. I mean, this. I'm I I work in an Oddly anime company, enough. right? Like I'm, I can deal with some weird Japanese stuff, but I don't even know if this is normal in Japan. Uh, is the thing? Well, the thing that it appears to me is just like it's just really clunky, yeah, kind yeah. of strange, and not at all fitting with what I think about when I think of Fire Emblem. Yeah, but that's because I've known Fire Emblem for at least like a little while before it became this weird anime thing yeah has fire emblem always been waifu central i don't know 
not well like awakening introduced the whole uh partnership right kind of thing and then you know like when you can recruit all the kids into the party it's like oh yeah okay cool you know like there's some sort of bonding between you know the actual members of your party yeah i mean mechanically it's a it's a really cool thing in that game yeah, right? you... yeah, but I think people really grasped onto like the whole pairing thing mm-hmm. as like uh, I just want to see anime characters bang <laughs> sort of motive, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> and then maybe a couple of people, you know, they had some decisions at Nintendo and said, you know, okay, we can do this, I guess. Yeah, then nobody like really like stopped it. <laughs> yeah, somebody pulled out a chart and they were like, in this quarter, uh, banging is up, strategy is down. <laughs> we're all in on the banging. <laughs> Yeah, it's like banging and anime is just tied together, and it's just this point rising. Are we going to have another episode with banging in the title, just because we keep saying it? Here's another episode with banging in the title. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I think the funniest part about this is that Japan said, even or Japan, Nintendo Japan said, even in the original Japanese version, we have not included any features which are considered inappropriate in Japan. So like okay sure they're kind of defending what they said like what they made then yeah so like so so they're like don't worry guys it's a japanese thing which i don't think it is but i'm not japanese (laughs) but no it's just a gross otaku thing (laughs) right the the funny part is that like this this polygon article actually reminds us of of this thing which i i distinctly remember reading about that uh yeah it's uh they had to also remove a scene where a male character like drugs another female character or drugs a female character. I think or, or drugs a male character. I don't actually I got to like look at it because now I forgot the details. I remember there was like a character who gets yeah. drugged and it's considered OK because the other one loves them, which is a really cool thing to totally, uh, you know, signal that we're all right with. Yeah, like see, like that's like totally strange. And I can kind of see why they would want to hit the brakes on that when it crossed over into america but also like they should they should have hit the brakes on that in japan <laughs> but also i mean yeah oh i forgot there was nobody i forgot to do that. I, I thought it was something like this but i couldn't remember what it was uh it's that the it's a female character who is lesbian and the drug is to turn her straight so that would that that predictably didn't fly too well in the u.s mm-hmm. because it's uh it's awful <laughs> but the again like I guess in Japan that makes a little more sense because it's they're not as friendly to LGBT people as we are here. But like the the real one that's more surprising to me than that, like some idiot in Japan decided that that, you know, fixing a gay person was OK, is that anybody in Japan, regardless of whatever, like, you know, other regressive social things might be going on, that anybody thought a male character drugging a female character against her will was a good idea. Yeah. So Fire Emblem must have been a difficult title for uh, the localization team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping somebody in Japan got fired Emblem. Oh! Yeah, you're right. The, the past tense is Fire Emblemed. Good point. You, that was really we, bad. We, we barely put anything in our outline here, but you did say something about your goddamn idol girl garbage goddamn idol girl garbage you're right though it is garbage and i do hate myself for getting into it that's good because i hate you too for getting into it (laughs) Uh, so we've uh, got mutual feelings about this um yeah so i uh unfortunately i picked up the new 
idle mobile game sensation idle master cinderella Girls starlight stage all right so better or worse than than love live well i've never played love live what you, Actually, you dressed up lie. as neat as what, what's her name nico and like jumped in a trash it can was, it was ironic for the record um yeah it is ironic should... you know why it's ironic david because you did that having not played love life that's the irony <laughs> <laughs> at least i watched the show before i did that i'm angry um, i think my waveform peaked because i yelled too loud in the microphone <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you have to say uh, for yourself what is what does the defense have to say <laughs> Well, no, it was funny that you mentioned is it better or worse than the than the Love Live game because by comparison the Love Live game looks really cheap. Really? It's like like Cinder like the Cinderella Girls game is just on another level in terms of the production values that went into it. Um like first of all, you've got a ton of different girls to choose from from this uh Love Live game. Oh, yeah. I think it's just like the base, like the main like the main unit so your your um, your experience with these idol games is basically me and super smash brothers it's like nothing matters except how many characters are there <laughs> basically, that's it that's basically the yeah like nothing matters. matters does it look better than the last one yes how many characters are there too many okay great are there n plus one characters as a programmer say or is there at least one more than there was before that's good yeah <laughs> yeah but no, like seriously, actually, this game is very, very well produced for for what it is. It's a free to play mobile game, so I mean, of course, they're gonna extract all of your money some way. It's a little bit difficult for me because I'm on iOS and Apple's got all that stuff locked down. Like, I can't. I had to like really kind of cheat my way into getting a Japanese Apple ID and then download that, but I can't actually buy any of the points or register a card because it's like the regions just just don't agree with oh, it oh yeah so that's like i need to like convince somebody in japan to buy me the uh, itunes cards if i ever do decide to put money in this game i have not put any money in this game <laughs> by the way wait david i don't understand why do you need to find someone in japan who will do that when uh considering your previous poor life choices you can just fly to japan and do it yourself <laughs> The sad part is that there's two more Kizumonogatari movies left, so it's probably going to happen. If this is your first episode, for context, David flew to Japan to watch the first... It's not even the complete thing. It's the first Kizumonogatari movie, even though it comes out in how many days in the U.S.? How long till it comes out in the U.S., David? It was it was like a month and a half until the there it American is. premiere. Yeah, so David couldn't but wait. that information to came to me... That information came to me way too late. <laughs> uh, but no regrets, though. It was it was really good. It was worth flying out to, definitely. All right, you read the review on www.anygamers.com. Anyway. Please do, yeah. So you're playing the uh, Idol Master it, game. It's got more characters. It's prettier. The, the, it's got more characters. The, it's got really good dancing animation. How are the sex like, scenes? You should at least look at that. How's the There's what? no sex scenes, right? You don't... <laughs> no but there's like they do like all these kinds of games do like the whole visual novel light sort of thing oh, yeah, where yeah. you can have like communication with the idols and like they're really passionate about being <laughs> idols and they I like learn stuff about themselves it's Ugh. all in japanese so i'm like getting 20 percent of whatever they're talking about um and then like when you've like 
made them perform in enough uh, concerts, then they can like evolve into their second form, which is just them in a like nice costume. That's it. It's a costume. Sometimes change? it's a really bad costume, though. Here's here's how they get you though, because characters sometimes have like just the normal rarity cards, and then they're like the super rare cards, which like they give you like a very like unique um, uh, outfit, and then like you can put them in like your little like office like you can decorate your own office too and then wait can you like decorate you can decorate like, your office with the girls with the girls and furniture and everything so it's like like playing house Have you, are you familiar with the term objectification by any chance <laughs> <laughs> you have any, any idea what that word means uh and and how perhaps uh saying in the same breath you can arrange the girls and you can arrange the furniture in the room. Well, actually, you can't arrange the girls because they just like wander around wherever they want. Okay, so they're slightly more it's, mobile. It's, it's than more. Furniture. It's more. Of, it's more. It's more of like uh, like keeping a hamster. Oh, that's that's a flattering that's comparison. Better. That's better, <laughs> right? Because that's a living thing. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's not as like horrendous as you think it is. But it is really stupid. It's definitely okay, like it's a big waste. Almost of time. as horrendous as I as I think it is. No, 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 no. But um, no, what I, what I wanted to say before I was uh, interrupted about object, objectification was that the way that they can extract money from you is that they give the normal rare cards really bad outfits when you evolve them. So only like the super rare cards that you end up plunking down like 2000 yen per iTunes card for, like they've got really nice art and outfits. So those are the ones that you want. The other ones are just like hold you over until you get like the one that you really want. So mobile games are like really evil. Yeah. Yeah. They're diabolical. Yeah. They're pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. But the music is nice. The animation's really good and it makes Love Live look bad. And Idol Masters now like, I guess, the number one thing again. So I guess all is right in the world. Well, I mean, they all will be right when a savior comes and, you know, kills all of them, all the idols, and then replaces them with something better. Oh, well, that, that would be too good for us. We don't deserve it. To be honest. Not in, not no. in this anime purgatory we are now no. trapped in. <laughs> yeah. Just like the main character is trapped in a girl's body in Inside Mari. How was that transition for a transition? Great. So, yeah. We, Seven out of ten. We wanted to talk about Inside Mari. We, David and I so often have nothing in common to talk about on this show, but we are both reading Inside Mari, and I just caught up with it, so... Uh, this is a manga on Crunchyroll, so disclaimer, I work for Crunchyroll, but I'm not, like, promoting Inside Mari. Uh, mm. I'm just talking about it. And you'll see I'm not promoting it because I don't always have the most flattering things to say about this manga. <laughs> but I, I don't know how much I've talked to you about it, David. Like, did you like it initially? Do you, Are you still liking it? Well, the last time I read it was many chapters mm -hmm. ago when... They introduced that crazy girl yep. with the, the glasses. Like, the older sister who's like bullies, bullies this girl. Yep. Uh, but uh, I didn't keep up after that. I don't know if there were crazy developments. My problem was like for a while it was like, oh, I got to read the next chapter. I got to read the next chapter. And then I finished it. And then I just I couldn't find it in myself to wait a week. No. Or it's however long it is. Like, this is actually an interesting month. point because I found this same thing. That I think, I mean, I guess it, for if you read a lot of scanlations, right, then I guess people get used to the schedules of it. But I'm used to reading manga in in books that I bought, right, yeah. in Tankoban or whatever, right, graphic novel uh -huh. format. So it is actually kind of difficult 
for me to keep up with especially monthly manga like weekly manga i could kind of do i think i did that for mysterious girlfriend x but but monthly manga is like how am i remember it's like 20 pages a month how am i even going to remember to like take that little hit every month and it's not like it's just some physical object that you can pick up it's online streaming, so yeah. streaming, you're gonna forget about it quote unquote screw streaming because it's like not streaming like video yeah. but yeah it's yeah that's my problem with trying to keep up with anything digital just because it's so easy to put down and then never touch again yeah that's that's a very good point because it doesn't stare you in the face the way like a physical object does but i i have sort of been keeping up with inside mari but similar to you like i i, I don't read it every month when it comes out i forget about it for a bunch for like a while and then come back to it. It might be every two weeks. I don't know if it's every month. I might have that wrong, but it's, it's not every week. It was definitely too long yeah. for like the sort of pace that I wanted to go at. So yeah, like I end up forgetting about it and coming back to it and being like, Oh, I missed three chapters. And then I read those three chapters. Um, but where it's at now, I, I guess, have you not, you're not completely caught up. I am not. I'm not completely caught up, but I feel like I'm not that far behind if the release schedule is what you're telling. Right. Me. So it's it started really interesting. The So this is from Shuzo Oshimi, who made uh, Flowers of Evil, which I haven't finished reading, but I really like what I read of it. And like he in Flowers of Evil and in the beginning of Inside Mari, he's like very, very good at creating a lot of tension, like a lot of sexual tension in Flowers of Evil. But it's also just like it's kids, it's teenagers who are just kind of they're dealing with a lot of really messed up stuff they are very it's like just like self-esteem issues like very self-loathing uh and kind of like and the worst part is that they're bored out of they're their bored mind, yeah it's, so. it's very much about being being a teenager and just kind of being yeah, unwilling like to really sort of accept me. things about yourself yeah, and the place around you because you do, you do feel like you're imprisoned yes. alongside with them, and just that it's painful to there's watch. There's nothing going on, and there's no reason to feel so hopeless. But at, like at the same time, you you kind of feel justified in feeling really horrible and just like hating yourself, which is kind of perfect like, for the experience oh. of being a teenager. It's like there's not really a reason for you to be that like that sad and angry exactly. and messed up, but you are exactly. Right. And, the, and it just it captures that sort of authenticity to yeah. it where like it's really you can really like believe like what's going the, on. their lives aren't actually that bad. Right. <laughs> That's sort of like the the overriding thing in Flowers of Evil is that like they, they've they sort of created a situation. They've got like not terrible mm-hmm. lives as far as I remember, but they just sort of turn it into something that's like really bad. Uh, so what I found really interesting about Inside Mari is that it takes this plot line that is typically used for either comedy or titillation of a guy like wakes up. He's in the body of this cute high school girl who he's been stalking. The stalking part makes it creepy initially. Uh, But it's like that sort of thing I feel like would usually be used for some sort of other purpose. Right. But in inside Mari, it's, it's about actually kind of, it's almost like a magical realism thing. It's like, if you were actually this creepy dude in the body of the cute high school girl, you've been following it wouldn't be cool. It would be really disturbing and weird. <laughs> and he kind of learns right, about yeah. her and himself through it in ways that I are, you know, pretty intimate, right? And in a sort of uncomfortable way, the way that Oshimi tends to do it. I really liked a lot of the stuff early on where he he sort of assumes that she's just this popular girl and she's like 
not she's kind of got like a weird she has some weird social dynamics going on that he didn't expect because he just had this like fantasy version of her and i distinctly remember he's he's at the karaoke bar with a bunch of like popular dudes from school and he's like as this nerdy shut-in weirdo dude he's like these assholes and he's hanging out with them like as mari and he's like they're actually nice (laughs) it's like this change of perspective (laughs) i think that's like that's so cool especially because the I feel like so much otaku stuff, even things that don't take place in high school, have this embedded narrative to them. That's like it's basically a nerds versus jocks battle where the nerds are writing the stories and they're like, look at how nice this this average quiet dude is who's just like the otaku, this brash, you know, popular, good looking guy. He's all right, but he's second fiddle. He's not as good, right? Like there's this underlying thing going on there. And like, I kind of like that it it undercuts that a bit. And you read that far, right? That's pretty early. Yeah. I mean, like I got, I got that far. Like the problem was I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting for the point where it comes together. And when, when you actually find what happened to. That's the issue is that it spins its wheels trying to like put all these clues in for the mystery, but it doesn't, there's not a point where they kind of, crest you know they go over the hill and you've sort of achieved something in the story and then you take that in a different direction which like flowers of evil does that there's like a a couple points where there are these like climaxes and you're like Mm. something happened and now we have to deal with that and move on and other things happen that hasn't really happened it's just sort of like what's what happened to mari because like the twist is that this guy is in mari's body and you assume it's a body swap but Mm. it's not like mari's gone and there's still a version of him in his body and it's implied as the story goes on that it might be Mari like constructing a version of him because Mari also apparently was stalking him or knew about him. And so like it might not actually be him, but Mari imagined that she is him. Right. So like I want to see like what sort of crazy thing what happened because yeah. you know, I liked Flowers of Evil enough that I think it's not going to be something stupid at the end. But like it's just this fear in me that it's going to be really stupid and just not live up to the promise. So the latest thing that happened in it is actually, I mean, it, it's a cliffhanger at the end of a chapter, so I don't know where it's going, but it seems to be some kind of development. And I think it's enough of a, I'm going to spoil it. So oh, as long as you're right with that, David. Cover your ears for a second, guys. It's not too big of a deal. But at the end of the latest chapter, Mari is like sitting in her bed and that girl with the glasses is yelling at her or something. And there's this kind of like scuffle and then and her mom's there and then it cuts and the next page is Komori, the guy in his bed and Mari is sitting next to him. So (laughs) I got no idea. (laughs) So like that's a kind of cool thing to have happen because they just as you know for what it implies it sort of implies that what is this is this a dream is it a is there something else going on and we'll see but it needs to do something uh the spoiler is sort of over at this point but it it needs to do something it needs to like crest that hill somewhere it's gotta it's gotta kind of like hit a climax and dissipate the climax a little bit so that there's there are some pieces you know in the game to move around for the next set of events or else it's just it it just keeps meandering. <laughs> also, I feel like Oshimi's art has shifted a bit. Like the latest chapter looks kind of weird. I didn't go back and compare, but he's a little more sketchy, I think, in this one than he is in uh, Flowers of Evil. I felt like he does like that sort of changes those sort of changes on purpose. Yeah, it might be. That's that's probably true. 
Also, <laughs> did you get to the part where did you get to the part where she masturbates? Because that was like, <laughs> oh boy. When when that when that like came out on Crunchyroll, a bunch of people came into the office who were reading it. We were like, "Did you read the latest Inside Mario chapter? Do we have that accurately flagged as mature?" Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the thing is though, if that wasn't in there, then it's not a believable right. sort of story. Well, that, that's the interesting thing. Is it? It's a pretty outrageous thing, but it's also like I feel like Koshimi did a pretty good job of making that uncomfortable to watch. It's right? really think, uncomfortably intimate. It's like this moment that you shouldn't be seeing. And it's like, uh, uh, but, that's, but that's the guy in her. But is it? Is it her? Is it him? It is, is it really uh? explicit, too. It's like, it's really it's explicit. <laughs> but it's the yeah. sort of thing where, like, mm. I totally get somebody glancing at it and being like, this is porn, right? Yeah. Because it's like, Oshimi, you know, his stuff is definitely drawn with a certain, like, eroticism to it that he undercuts at the same time. He like tries to make it creepy, but also tries to make it. It it almost feels like, like, and I, this isn't something I have personal experience with, but I'm feeling like it, maybe this would be an accurate description. It's almost like you're, you're watching home video pornography of like people, you know, and you're like, Mm. ah, this is intended to be like kind of weirdly (laughs) titillating, but it's not, it's strange. I can't really like, right. Yeah, and that's yeah. what he does so good. He just introduces the strangeness <laughs> in it, and that's what right. really... It's like weird dichotomy where it's like it's right? trying to titillate you but also creep you out at the same time. Yeah, and, you know, just not not enough people do that, so it's like you don't really have too much of a basis to compare these sort of things with. Like, I can't think of really much else that hits in quite the same way. You know what? We had an email. We had stuff. I always oh. forget. All right, all right. Out of your own stash, what anime VHS tapes do you treasure most, David? Isaac Valdez is back for more. He asked that question. Do you have any VHS? This is such a good question. Please please repeat that question, actually, because it's so good. It is. Out of your own stash, what anime VHS tapes do you treasure most? I'm going to show them to Evan right now. Oh, boy. You can't see this on the video, guys, but I will describe it to you. Or in the audio, we we have video going on here. MD Geist. Director's Cut, which I've not seen any other version. MD Geist 2, Death Force, which is very good. And then, oh, 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 an at sign Hazukari favorite, Bao. <laughs> so yeah, these are the only three VHS tapes I own. And that's those okay. Are good. I they mean, they ha- need, this is enough. If you have to own three VHS tapes, those are the ones. <laughs> You know, this is probably a genuine answer, like, you know, like 20 years ago or whatever. Like, if you could only bring three VHS anime tapes right. with you to a deserted island, which would they be? And a lot of people would probably have said this. Yeah. MD Geist, MD Geist 2, Death Force, and Bow. Yeah, it's hard to do just MD Geist without Death Force. So, I think I own two anime VHS tapes. David is familiar, intimately familiar with one of them. he you can't see this david just like you know reeled backwards in horror uh i'll I'll say the other one first which i've never watched i own the director's cut of odin uh which is a an infamous thing from uh yoshinobu nishizaki the guy who produced uh space battleship yamato and it's infamous infamous for being three hours long and super boring and full of a bunch of like really long shots where nothing happens i haven't watched it because the director's cut 
is shorter than the infamous one, not longer. It's the opposite of a normal director's cut. So I kind of want to experience the real one. I bought this by accident. I didn't realize it was shorter. My actual, I guess, most prized possession as the most prized VHS tape, which I hate, but I have watched it and it was memorable, if nothing else, is I own, I think, volume three or four, uh, episode three or four of uh, Urotsuki Doji, which I might have mispronounced. I always get that wrong. The uh, Legend of the Overfiend, which is, again, an infamous, in, in this case, a, a hentai. Uh, the episode that we watched begins with Hitler's rape centrifuge, as I call it. It's Adolf Hitler uh, has a machine that automatically rapes a bunch of women to summon a demon who subsequently i believe kills adolf hitler so, blows the whole thing up right at least he got what was coming to him though i don't know if that's historically accurate but it's uh i i distinctly remember also that there's like a bunch of sex scenes in that obviously uh, uh most of them are with monsters and tentacles and things um there's one consensual sex scene in that episode and it is off screen as if to say, we know what you want here. Like you don't really care about this. This is just there for plot exposition. So we won't actually animate it. Um, so it sucks. It's awful. We uh, were, we watched it in college. Yeah, we were to all be honest, pretty it horrified. Blow, it blows its load. Like on that first scene, like, if you just if you're just gonna watch it out of curiosity, just see that first scene because the rest is garbage. It actually wasn't funny. Like it's funny in retrospect to be like, haha, we watched this thing, but it was painful to watch it. it that was not a fun thing. That wasn't like, oh, this is silly. We're MST three King this. Yeah, no, it was weird to sit in the room with like you. And <laughs> just watch that. Like you bought that and then you brought that into my room and then we watched it. That's right. Now the the question I've always had about that. I talked to I, I mentioned this to you years ago is uh, I added it to my anime list because the otaku database cannot be stopped. And, you know, you must accurately document every single Japanese cartoon that you have watched using uh, our almighty savior, my anime list. So I put it on there as I am required to. And, you know, you get down to the bottom of the my anime list thing and you're like, so or I guess the top it's you're like. So this series, yeah, I'll give it like a, it, it's a two. I, I don't like it. Right. And then you got to you, you got to choose. You're like, what's my status? Am I watching Am I on hold? Did I drop it? Right. Or do I plan to watch like what? What's the status? And so I'm like, well, it's got to be it's got to be like I, I started watching it. So it's not planned to watch. Um, is it is it on hold or is it or is it dropped? Am I not going to watch it? And I thought about it and I was like. If someone showed up on my doorstep with with like episode five of Legend of the Overfiend, would I watch it? And I was like, yes. And so it's on hold. <laughs> it's not oh, you really? Like, I'm not, not going to buy steps. it myself. But if you provided me with it, I would. I would watch it. You considered every angle, and now somebody is going to show up <laughs> with volume five. So it's that's also on you now. It's also worth mentioning that. Uh, that my friend gave that to me. That's how I got it. Cause he bought it at a, like a thrift store. And he was like, I found the most obscure anime porn. Evan, you're the anime guy. Here you go. And I was like, Kevin, which is my friend's name. I was like, what you don't understand is this is the most famous anime porn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, in case you were worried about any of the, the, you know, awful stuff I talked about in that, uh, that OVA, 
even though the women are depicted wearing school uniforms, all characters depicted in anime 18 videos are over the age of 19 and attending a preparatory college, two-year preparatory college, (laughs) as they point out at the beginning. In in another episode, I will discuss the the one trailer I have ever seen for Adventure Kid on that VHS. But that that's the story for another time, as they say. Yeah, we need to uh, have the Adventure Kid podcast. The Adventure Kid podcast. <laughs> David, we got to pick winners for your damn contest. Yes, we do. All right, the American people are sick and tired of hearing about your damn contest emails. That was a politics <laughs> joke. So, yeah, so we're actually going to finish and wrap this up. Uh, so I don't know. Should I just say their first names? You know, protect the. Uh... You can give whatever name that if they gave you in the email. All right. Uh, so let's see. This email we've got Martin. Hi, Martin. Writing in. He's saying that the best Monogatari girl is Tsubasa because he feels that there are only two serious contenders for the position of best Monogatari girl. And he doesn't like Senjo Gahara. So now I feel like that's a very strong opinion, Martin. Like <laughs> I. Between Tsubasa and Senjo Gahara, I'm, de- I'm probably going to choose Tsubasa. I feel I th- like Tsubasa is the true heroine, and Senjo Gahara is good. Like, I, I like her, but if there's one true heroine, I think it's going to be Tsubasa. However, I have another email in here. And Let's see this what we one, got. This one is from Christian. Hi, Christian. And he says that the best character is Shinobu because Donuts. Now, for people that don't know, Shinobu really likes donuts. For people who do not know about the donuts. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, that's that's why I'm here. I don't know anything about Monogatari, but I can help out with the puns. So, you know, this this puts me in a problem because I think Martin definitely made me think the longest about his (laughs) his profound statement. But uh, actually, um, Christian is closest with Shinobu. So, uh, Christian, you've actually won the book. So, congratulations. Uh, please wait for that package to arrive. Thank you for playing. Cool. Yeah, he said, uh, just give me the book, please, or don't. I like the podcast either way. I like that. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I like the podcast, too. I think somebody also sent like a review last episode and um, and, like to the email where I think uh, I meant to say like send a review on iTunes. Uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, I can use my I can use my Japanese account that I use for uh, Cinderella Girls and then just post it to the uh, Annie Gamers podcast iTunes, like use another, yeah, use multiple accounts to. to I'll use I'll use that account to post that review. Very nice. I got I got you. Speaking of that, we are on iTunes, so please leave us a review on iTunes. If you want to send a review like via email to us, you can do that, but it it really just inflates our ego and doesn't help in any other way. Uh, And Uh, if you want to send any uh, Japanese iTunes cards, uh, you can send them to David E at AnnieGamers.com. Don't encourage him. If you want to email us questions or anything else, podcast at anygamers.com is your go-to email address. I am on Twitter, at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O, and Anygamers is on Twitter, at sign A-N-I Gamers, one word. David is at sign QX20XX, and it is unprivated, but uh, empty, because David doesn't do anything with it right now. He'll, he'll, he'll return egg. eventually. 
David is formerly of Twitter.com. If you want more info on the podcast, anygamers.com slash podcast has all of your show notes and download links. I've been doing my best with the show notes, but I'm not putting too much effort into them. Sorry. If you really want show notes, you can yell at me. Otherwise, whatever. Uh, I'm not I'm not doing time codes anymore. Those are dead. Uh, Anigamers.com is our blog. We post there about anime, manga, and video games. Uh, I We wrote up our three-episode test impressions of the latest anime season uh, shows. David did not do that. I wrote about Bubuki Bronchi and OG Son and Marshmallow, Seko Boys, and the only show anybody should be watching, Erased. And Winter is like drawing blood from a stone. But dude, watch Erased. It's really good. Otaku USA Magazine, I write for it, and it's cool. And uh, I write more for that than I do for Anigamer sometimes. Whoops. What? I am one half of the Crunchycast, Crunchyroll's official anime podcast. That is crunchyroll.libsyn.com for all the info on that. You can also find those episodes on Crunchyroll and on YouTube if you go search for them there. And I am going to two conventions, Katsukon, February 12th to 14th. I'll be there with Crunchyroll streaming via Crunchyroll Live, which is our new live stream that we're doing from conventions, which even David and people like us should probably watch because it is not just a live stream of the fans hanging out, which the live stream used to be. It is me and Danica hosting, um, hosting guests, doing interviews, and having panelists get up and do panels. We actually had the Anime World Order folks and uh, Dave Merrill from Anime Weekend Atlanta come and do panels. Dave Merrill did Anime Hell, like a version of Anime Hell on the on the stream. We had like Daryl doing, uh, or J- I forget who who did what, but like Gerald did something on. Uh, OVAs in anime and things like that, like history of OVAs. So we're trying to get like actual panel content and then put it on a live stream so that people who can't be at the convention can see it. It's, so it's like a con inside of the con. So when you're bored of the con, you just go to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's for the live stream audience. So it's for people who aren't who can't come. But I, I really push for the panels. I think it's like a cool thing. I think more people need to see these panels. And I really hope that, that a live stream is a way, a good way of kind of getting more people to to see those. And I, and I believe David, will be at Genericon that's coming up in about a month. I am a featured panelist. I'll be running four panels, including, while well, I may debut this on the live stream in a shortened form at Katsukon, the full version of Anime Burger Time will see the light of day at Genericon 2016. It is an hour-long panel in which I show clips of burgers in anime and discuss the significance of burgers in anime. So, so you got to tell me, are you going to play I Like Hamburger during it? David, if you have submissions, let me know. I'm going to put them in there. I'm going to put as much as I possibly can. I've oh got boy. a couple surprises. I have a couple things that I think people are going to find pretty funny. It's kind of a comedy thing, but it's also, you know, you have to play it dead serious. You can't, you can't ever, can't ever talk about the burgers as a joke because anime burgers are not a joke. They're serious foods to be eaten by serious captains of spaceships while berating they're whiny Gundam pilots. Exactly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in about two weeks after Katsukon, I think. Catch you later. And by the way, the ice are slime as well. What? The ice are slime. They're slime. That doesn't make sense. They're slime shaped. How does that work? The ice melts. The ice tray, is, uh, it's slimes. I still don't get it. What's the point of making shaped ice cubes if they're all going to melt anyway? Because it's a novelty. (laughs) 
And there we have it. <laughs>